So, like, everyone says that the seventh season is not that great. And, you know, it it's fine. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, and then we get to masks. Yeah. Ma- um, this episode, like, I feel like... Okay, we were talking about this with Sub Rosa, where we felt like that episode wasn't even funny camp. You know, no. you could... Here's another episode which had the opportunity to be some hilarious high camp, to be some visuals that we don't normally see, to be a very different episode. And it's just awful because so much of the episode depends on us being interested in Brent Spiner doing these hilarious characters. I mean, I will, I don't know. The whole thing is very, very strange. I think that it's, it's, it was very ambitious for the show to try to pull this off, obviously, right? And which is fine, but I, mean, I can't quite tell what it's trying to pull. Well, off. and that's it's and that's part really of the problem. The, well, that's really the problem with the episode is that I don't know what this is supposed to be about. I don't know what they're talking about. It's very difficult to follow, and apparently, no one else on the writing staff knew either. So, I mean, I'm I'm not making this up, like. There are quotes on Memory Alpha from the writing staff, and they basically say, I don't know what he was thinking of. So who wrote this? Uh, I don't remember. but Because it's like you can see where this is kind of going. Like, okay, we have another probe that's similar to the one in the Inner Light where it's a civilization has had its archive, and it's playing – it's kind of taking over the ship and playing out some of its myths. Okay, like that's fine. That's a a fine concept to have. But – it's not really clear on what the myths are. It's not really clear on what the significance of the myths are. It's not really clear what this probe is doing to this place. Um, well, and, and frankly, I mean, if you want to compare this to the inner light, I think that, which, you know, that, that's not an unfair comparison, I don't think, because they do have some similarities. I mean, I thought when at the beginning when, you know, Picard is saying, you know, oh, well, you know, Picard seems surprised at the idea of a civilization that makes a an archive like this when one of the most important moments of his life and later episodes, Picard has said this is one of the more important events in his life was a thing exactly like this. I mean, it, this episode does, is a Picard that doesn't even seem to make that connection when it was a fairly obvious one. I mean, I think it's a little different because, you know, the inner light is is very much ambiguous in that are these real people? Are they not real people? Yeah. You know, was this a real town? Was it not a real town? You know, all of these kind of things. And it was supposed to be... Uh, uh, the inner light is really about... Uh, a lifespan and about what it is to be a person and what it is to be in a community. And it was an excellent treatment of that technology. Yeah. Right. But, but this, this is more about downloading the entirety of a civilization into someone's brain. And so it's a little, it's a little different, I think just because, I mean, it's also supposed to be taking over the ship and actually turning it into a temple or whatever. I guess, I guess for me, it's, I see the two ideas as cousins of each other and inner light is that kind of concept. Again, a civilization makes an archive of itself in the best possible way. This takes that concept. A civilization makes an archive of itself and does it in a very unfocused, uh, uninteresting way. Again, well, think, there are amb- ambiguity, ambiguities to both the inner light and this one. But yeah, in the, but I... In the inner light, they left us with more... Kind of, it, it, it enforced the themes, it enforced the atmosphere. Here, it's just a mess. Well, right, but I think the, the, I think the differences between the two episodes are that the inner light is really about experiential knowledge and masks is about archive knowledge and that's number one i think the other thing is that picard in that episode is really just playing himself 
And in masks, data is playing various other people that are may or may not actually be real. We don't know, right? And they're so, almost dark mirrors of each other. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think that's probably a good term for it. And I think that you know the the reason why masks doesn't work are fairly straightforward. And I don't know that it's really that difficult to 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 kind of like parse out. I mean, it's very confusing. Yeah, there's a lot of alien names floating around that are kind of just not really repeated enough for anybody to know. There's Masaka, and that's about the only one I remember. It's got Brent Spiner again having a perfect opportunity to to ham it up. And to his credit, he has spoken about how, as an acting chore, this is very difficult to pull off because you're basically having yeah. to construct like five different pers- pe- you know, people. And he had no time to do it. You know, he actually wanted to push this episode off. So, you know, he was he even he even said, I think that like he was not happy with his performance in this episode because he basically was like making a choice on the fly and just going with it, yeah. and not really knowing who these people were, what their motivations were. And and that's the other again, they're they're shadowy figures out of a legend, and there's some kind of sun and moon. It's the kind of thing where it's close enough to. I think the episode believes that this is closer to some real myths than it actually might be. Well, I always got the impression that it was supposed to be some sort of, you know, Mesoamerican kind of take. Ish, yeah. But, you know, it's it's so vague and it's so diffuse and it's so confusing that it's really difficult to come up with any sort of analysis of the episode that holds up to any sort of scrutiny because, again, I don't think that anybody involved in it really knew what it was about. And so you just have a very – you have an episode where the script – is is very uh on the surface and and there's no depth to any of this i mean none of the people that data is is inhabiting or the you know whatever you want to say uh feel like real people i mean they do feel like caricatures yeah and you know i just thought that was funny like at the end of the episode they're like oh there were dozens of personalities in there and like we saw the three most annoying ones well, like yeah well yeah exactly. that's you know but you know, there's so there's this Masaka figure who is supposed to be kind of a sun goddess, is my you know, and sure. this is a you know, basically what it turns out there is these two figures, you know, Masaka and whatever, um, something that sounded Italian, almost, sure, you know, Giuseppe Consigliere, um, and you know, I like Giuseppe better, but okay, so we have Masaka and Giuseppe, and you know, Masaka's the sun and summer and life and all of those, and Giuseppe is the moon and night and all that, and they're chasing each other, and it's a, it's all a big metaphor, and that's all fine, but metaphor for what though? Well, I like, mean, metaphor I, I mean, for what? I mean, it's I, the kind of like it's their basic, you know, creation. You know, you could picture them, you know looking up at the stars and saying, oh, that's Sun, that's Masaka, and, you know, her lover is, you know, Giuseppe, and he's the moon, and you see them at night, and they are in an eternal hunt. You know, it sounds like one of those kind of, Well, you know, sure, but, but, I... but, but the thing is, so what? Right, that's I, my question. I, I guess that, yeah, like, this is a nice little, cute little background story, but there's not it's not interesting enough to – and you have this character who's supposed to be her father and, you know, you have this little – but then you have some people who are – like it's never sure whether we're talking about like legendary mythical figures. Right. Or whether we're talking about real people and it's kind of both. Again, you have Masaka. You have her father. You have – but then Ehad is supposed – seems like he's an actual person and this little boy – you know, it just – it. I don't get it. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, and that's kind of the problem with the episode is that you know it does seem to want to have to say something about metaphor or something, right? Or 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 how you know cultures are are constructed by the belief systems or, or something, right? Yeah. But it, it's not very clear, and so what you're what you're left with is an episode where the metaphors don't work because they're not linked up to anything and they're not fully thought out, and the actual story is at turns muddled and boring. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I can't even tell what the purpose of the, like, I can't tell if this is, it would be one thing if this was a technology that yes, it temporarily took over and made people do the, you know, perform the roles of these stories. So that way, you know, let's say this is a culture that has a very strong mythological focus and, right. you know, is very into, maybe it was even a part of their, you know, religious rituals to, you know, dress up as these characters. Well, and, like, you know, you know th- that's that's not uncommon in the real world. But is this thing harmful or not? Why would it be harmful? Like it, that doesn't. Well, and this is you know this makes me think of something like Darmok, right? Where yeah, you, you have an episode which is predicated on the idea that there's an alien race that is speaking in metaphors based out of their own mythology, but it's linked up to an actual story about how we learn to communicate with each other. Yeah, and this and Darmok takes... was about ultimately some of the similarities because you know when picard finally realizes how to talk to him he starts telling you know some some of earth's right. you know legends and you know the two of them are you know begin to kind of compare the two and see what the differences are and learn about themselves and the society but you know and all of those type of things and yeah that was a very great uh um, if we're talking about metaphor, you know, that was a very good metaphor for how communication starts. This, we don't learn anything about the civilization. It's just kind of a weird thing that happens. Yeah, and I'm finding that, you know, I, I, I'm liking the seventh season, you know, more than I remembered liking it. I think there are some really strong episodes yeah. in here. But, you know, Masks this is... one of them. Well, Masks is one of the episodes that, that is rife throughout the, the, the sixth and seventh season, I think, where... It's it's just there. I don't know if they're all kind of tired and they're just not giving it the time it takes to to really make it a, a Star Trek episode or what. But they don't really go beneath the surface and they don't really examine what this story is really about. And maybe they just don't have time to really sort of like go through all the permutations and rewrite it. I you know I really don't know. But there there's a lot of episodes like that in this season. I mean I'm thinking of things like you know even I mean Descent is like yeah. that. Liaisons is like that. Um, just, you know, force of nature is like that. So, you know, uh, you know, we'll, and we've talked about how next gen is not as much about a social commentary. Fine. But, you know, while the episodes don't usually have a moral, there's the best ones. There was a reason that we went through that. We learned something either about an alien culture, which in turn gave us some insight into the characters, which in turn gave us some insight into ourselves. You know, right. that's, when the show is firing all on all cylinders, it's doing that. It's yeah. taking some. And frankly, that's, you know, one of the – that's Star Trek at its best. Yeah. That's, this show is very able to do those things. But here, it, again, it was just a bunch of weird shit that happened. I don't, It was just – and it was frankly another Data Gets Possessed episode. Right, which <laughs> is tiring to see. Yeah. You know, and I think the other thing, too, about the episode, which, you know, aside from everything else that we've said, is sort of like the beginning of it is so tonally off from the rest of the episode. Oh, and, my God. you know, it doesn't even really follow or fit in with anything. And you, you think that they would have gone back to it or you think that they would have sort of like um, – you know, linked it up somehow with what was going on. I mean, but it's almost like the thing with uh, with Data's cat 
from yeah. Force of Nature, and then suddenly they're talking about an, a serious environmental message. So it's like they're really losing the thread of how these things should be linked together in a certain way. Well, it's it's like, and and, and I think a lot of these. So the part of the episode is framed in this art class that Data is sitting in on, and you know. What I think is hilarious is that they're talking about how Data is very able to mechanically make these things and he doesn't have a sense of metaphor or the abstract and the hell of it is we have seen Data in his visual art going for the abstract. I mean that episode where he was going with his dreams, he was making some really cool and you know interesting – and stuff based on that and yeah it feels like kind of a, a, a step back for him in a way yeah i mean and we're not you know it's not even saying well you know there there was no even acknowledgement that well you know how to do that in painting you know let's see how you can apply that to sculpture you know like fine but you know the closest it has to a connection to the real plot is that the only thing he ma- thing he makes that uh troy you know praises turns out to just be a mask beamed from the right, you know, the alien ship, and you know. Well, I think that's interesting because what what that indicates to me is, you know, of course, the 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 sort of thing at the of the beginning of the episode where Data is in the children's art class, which in and of itself is strange, right? Um, although there is a little kid named Derek, so I was happy to see that Aww. that name lives on into the twenty fourth century. Um, it's not me though, because you know I would be dead by then. Uh, and also, this is a TV show and not real. Um, but Eric, it, you know, your ages line up. I'm on the bridge right now. Uh, <laughs> I figure when you finally snap and go crazy, you're just going to think you're in Star Trek and you're just going to talk like to every, you know, you'll just be like sitting in a room and, you know, you'll be like, Captain, beam me up. And, you know, your family be crying. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, actually. I, I, I live like that now. <laughs> I'm wearing a Starfleet uniform as we record. I, uh, that, you know, of course it's funny and, you know, Troy's there and she's helping him and, you know, he's making things and they're very, very, you know, concrete and, and, and literal. And then she tells him to, and why is Troy always teaching the art classes? I don't know. She, what is what else does she have to do? I mean, apparently she's a bridge officer. I was say she's like a, a bridge slate. officer and the head and of she the, has a slate the of patience now, know. but she has time to do shit like this. I don't know. Uh, what people on television shows always have a lot of time because they do whatever the plot demands of them that, um, you know, she tells, well, I'll sculpt music. And so data goes, OK. And then he sculpts a uh, a note, like a notation, you know, no, he's he's he, he 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 sculpts a clef, which isn't even um, that isn't even a note. It essentially tells you like. This is going to really simplify it. It tells you the region of the piano that you're playing in, basically. Okay, like, I didn't know it, that. It, yeah, it, it, it's like... I think that's because you're a musician and you know that. Like, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. People just look at that and go, that's a musical note. You know, so whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a little sloppy on their part. Um, that it's it's just kind of like, what? Like, we've, like you said, we've seen Data do stuff like this before. Yeah. And so it just feels like they're going to go for something, right? And, like, this this experience that Data has with this alien probe and, like, uh, uh, downloading all of these hundreds of people into his brain yeah. or his positronic net, and then they're going to fix it. And suddenly, like, he's going to have some sort of experience. I was going to say have... he starts making art based on that experience, and that's the way that the culture gets to life. It's his interpretation of what he – that would have been a fine ending. Right, but they don't do that. The episode just kind of ends, and you're like, well, what was the point of that? Why did I, I still just have my mask watching well, yeah. that? Uh, yeah. What what the hell did I sit there for? Right. It wasn't – nothing was visually interesting enough. It was pretty much a bad Jumanji, you know, plot. But 
And yeah, and you, you know, just, and, and, oh my god, they're oh, they're talking a bit. One of the things, and I know budget is an issue, you know, sure. fine, but this is one of those episodes where they keep talking about cool shit that's off screen. Like, doesn't at one point Riker say, "Well, the conference room is a swamp." Like, I want to fucking see. Yeah, I want to see the conference table slowly sinking into a swamp, and there's an alligator that. Like, I want to see that now. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the you problem. know, and I know why they aren't showing that to me, but it's like there's why mention it yeah there's there are so many much cooler scenes happening off screen yeah yeah i think yeah i think the episode that they're all talking about is much more interesting than the episode we're watching <laughs> you know and that's the thing too i mean you know maybe as a final point and then we can move on to eye of the, the eye of the beholder is that you know a lot of the reason i think why the show has sort of lost a little bit of the spark it, it's had in the past is that the show was really careful to you know privilege character over over plot and really say you know we're going to make episodes that that while they have a really interesting plot and while they have a really sort of strong through line we're also going to make them about something and so the yeah. characters the the featured character in the episode is going to start in one place at the beginning and is going to end at the other at the end at another place and what has sort of happened i think in the seventh season and sort of even in the sixth season to some degree is that and I think it's safe to say that, you know, we're we're getting towards the end of the seventh season. We have, you know, I don't know, it's 10 episodes or something left that it's it's getting to the point where you're realizing that they don't really care to do that anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly that sort of thing where data starts off in the beginning of the episode being very literal minded about the sculpture, which is something that was directly contradicted by yeah. other episodes um, like Birthright, for example. And so what they're doing is they're coming up with these ideas and sort of shoehorning the characters in where they fit or where they don't fit. And they're just kind of like going through the motions at this point. Like it, you know, there, there's still a lot of good, you know, a lot of good episodes in this, in this season that we've seen so far, but the episodes that are bad are bad in ways that the show hasn't been bad in quite a while. Well, it's almost like, you you know, I think, usually the better episodes have been something bad happens to a character. And, you know, this is going off of, you know, Maybe this is restating what you just said, but, you know, bad things happen to a character and they at least learn a lesson from it or they at least grow as a person or whatever. And now it just seems like bad shit's happening to people just because, like, for no reason. Why not? Again, you have uh, Sub Rosa. Dr. Crusher gets, you know, assaulted by a rape ghost and she doesn't even learn anything. And, you know, so then it just feels like it's almost like just beating up these characters for no reason. And while... I can see a show which is going with the theme of, well, you know, you don't always find meaning in in a, in a tragedy. Like sometimes there are bad things that just happen, and it's but fun. that's not. But, but that's not what the show is about, right. and that's not the show. The sh- that's not the theme of this show. So it's. You know, it, it's not even like it's making a point with that. It's right. just, it's, the episodes all feel unfinished. Well, and I think a large reason why that's happening is, you know, if you look at Memory Alpha and you look at sort of some of the background, the production stuff that was going on at the time, I mean, there are a lot of episodes in this season, like um, Interface, Masks, Sub Rosa, you know, some other ones where they were basically saying, well, these ideas were floating around for a while and we could yeah. never make them work. That's it, yeah. But we finally decided to do them in the seventh season, dot, dot, dot. And I think the dot, dot, dot is it's the seventh season. They're all tired. They all can't come up with any new ideas because they're all really tired yeah. because they've been working constantly yeah, 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 yeah. for five years. And so they're coming Again, they're the saying, A team is probably, you know, going towards Deep Space Nine. The money's going towards Deep Space Nine still? No, not, not really. Anymore. I mean, okay. they're all still working on TNG. Um, you know, Ron Moore is still writing for the show. Well, Bragg is still working, writing for the show. You know, uh, 
Uh, Shakara is still writing for the show. I mean, all these people are still writing Shakira for the show. Shakira works for the show? Yeah. Um, but, but what I'm saying is like, you know, they, they have these sort of unfinished ideas that they've been sort of banging their heads against trying to make them work. And they finally say, well, we don't have anything else. So let's just put this out there. But they never made, they never figured out how to well, make them work. We'd said, you know, we, we haven't talked about this term in a while, but we've said like, a, oh, this feels like a first draft. We said that a lot for, you know, some episodes and... It's feeling like that again, and based on that, that, sound, actually, that sounds likely. Like I would it, actually disagree with you. I think that these feel like like fifteenth drafts. Well, I like, mean, these, are the, like, these yeah. are the kind of things that have floated around so much, and so many well, people have trying to figure it out that the original intent of the episode has been completely. Uh, like obfuscated through like so many different yeah, people yeah, yeah. putting their hands on it. Well, it seems like, yeah. So they had the idea for this masks episode. Oh, it, it would be, it sounds like a lot of these are, it would be really cool if, so again, you know, Sabrosa, Oh, let's have a Scottish ghost story. Okay. That sounds cool. You know, outline it. And you know, all right, what if we have an idea? We're like, you know, the Aztecs take over the ship. Oh, Hey, that would be awesome. Swamp in the conference room. Right. You know, cool. They write, but yeah, they write this down and nobody can figure out how to give masks meaning. You right. Know? Right. Nobody could figure out how to end Sub Rosa in a way that's satisfying. And yeah. And so in the it, meantime, it's season have... five right now. You know, we, we have too many good scripts. You know, okay, we'll deal with that later. Well, now it's later. Now it's later. And in the meantime, six different people have done yeah. treatments on the episode. And, and the original intent, the original meaning, the original characterization has been lost. And what we're left with is a mess. Yeah. And basically. Just, I mean, we, we, you've had jobs where you phoned it in towards the end. Sure. That's not that that's completely what's happening here, but it's there's resonances of that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, and frankly, again, I mean, we haven't talked about just the amount, the sheer amount of television that these yeah. people were making. Again, this I is I mean, this the... is no, no show does this anymore. I mean, television is just not done like this anymore. I mean, the most a show will do, I think, is 22 episodes. I mean, now. we're on, like, what? Episode 130, 140? Like, how many episodes have... Yeah, so yeah. at this point, I don't begrudge them if the last 10, 15 episodes aren't all great. Right. And, you know, we just need something in. Well, I, I've gotten all of my a ideas and all of my b ideas and a few of my c ones so like it's it's time to pull out the d's time to pull out the d's you know just because we need to you know we need to get paid yeah uh i will give masks four masks i will give it two okay well let's talk about an episode that is a little more successful than masks eye of the beholder now i actually didn't like this one really this is the kind of episode where for most of it, the characters were acting really weird and I didn't like it and I didn't like the situation, you know, and all of that. And then at the end, when it's revealed that most of what happened didn't actually happen, I thought, okay, well, this is a kind of episode that I need to watch over again just to act now that I know that, you know, from this scene, everything was a hallucination or a vision or whatever it turns out to be. But I have no... Does, it, it's kind of hard for me to care enough to have spent the extra hour watching it. Even knowing that I would be talking about it, I didn't feel like this episode would get merit from that. Again, I watched the drumhead like two or three times, you mm-hmm. know, because I wanted to see, you know, now knowing where this is going, and I found the episode was richer for that. There have been several episodes that are that. I don't know if that would have been the case here, and I just, I didn't enjoy this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, I guess I can see that criticism of it, but at the same time, it's like, well, you didn't watch it again, so you can't really say if it would benefit yeah. from that sort of, um, of rewatch. Course. You know, so I think that's a little bit of an unfair comparison to the drumhead. But I, 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 you know, again, I mean, Eye of the Beholder, I think, is one of those episodes that I, I really hadn't remembered much about it, and so 
Yeah, I remembered sort of. I mean, the, the very beginning of it with the, with the crewman who's committing suicide by jumping into the warp yeah. cell. I remembered that, and I sort of remembered the broad strokes of the episode, but I didn't remember exactly like all of the hallucination stuff and what was going on. So to me, it came as a, as a semi surprise. Um, and I mean, and- like, I, I do want to make it clear that I mostly like this episode. I just found it. You know, a little bit. We'll get into that. Well, I think I don't think we're disagreeing as much as maybe yeah. we sound like we are because I like the episode. I think it's very entertaining. I think it's a good episode for Troy in general. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just okay. You know, it's 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 a little bit flat. Um, it's a little bit tired, and it's it's all sort of like it. What it is is it's competent. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. This episode, you know, maybe we wanted something more about that. Maybe we – I'm starting to feel very frustrated by this season. Again, not that it's been a bad season and the episodes that have been good have been very good. But yeah. the episodes that have fallen have fallen in very unsatisfying ways. And yeah. I guess – I guess – I mean maybe this is I, – I think we need to talk about Worf and Troy because that's a lot of it for me. Okay. Um, I know a couple weeks ago when we talked about, you know – the, when he saw them married in the parallel, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I liked that exploration of it because I think where it where it ultimately went was that you know Worf and Troy did have a closeness to them. They in the real universe, you know, in the universe that we're following, they never did follow up on that. They did make the choice to not, you know, date and not be involved romantically. And yet, I think that episode, the end of that episode, was more kind of an affirmation of the relationship that they do have rather than, you know, anything else. In other words, you know, oh, Troy, stay for lunch, you know, let's have together, you know, we're friends, let's spend some time. I mean, I'm sure he even told her that. Obviously, yeah, but they're the setting time, up their romantic relationship. He ordered champagne. Yeah. And it wasn't lunch, it was dinner. Whatever. The point is... And he turned the lights down and then they fucked. But the point is, while I can see... While, Very aggressively. I guess watching all of the makeout scenes in this episode had a very uncomfortable resonance to me. Like, it almost reminded me of Plato's stepchildren when you have the her and Kirk kiss and there's that they're being mind controlled and it's not completely okay. Like, it didn't seem like watching Troy and Worf kiss was really creepy to me. And it didn't, I don't know, it why? I though? don't know. I don't. It's hard for me to figure that out why, but like I felt an almost visceral reaction against them, the two of them actually being together like they are. Is it in this because episode. it's like mommy and daddy kissing? I mean, I don't, I maybe, or, or maybe even a brother, maybe it's even too brotherly sisterly at this point. I don't know, but. Okay. Well, I think that's your problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's it's just the case of you know like if you if if I don't mean to sound dismissive but I'm kind of like at a loss as to where to go with this because I'm like well okay but it's no 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 no, no. I know I guess I guess this is me saying like oh I don't really like Worf and Troy as a couple okay well that's fair yeah I mean I think that's a that's a better way that we can frame that yeah Uh, um, I mean well part of the thing is that of course they're not because that was all a fantasy uh, or a hallucination or whatever. 
Um, but yeah, at the so, same the, time, so now we have the problem where we have two. I've had two episodes well, where their entire relationship was a fantasy or mind well, control. He, but here's my question, though. Okay, so well, in parallels, it wasn't a fantasy, right? That that was another reality. That was not a fantasy. That had nothing to do with our war. If he never thought about it, I don't think our Troy ever really thought about yeah. it. Yeah, but in a certain universe, they did. So that actually really happened, according to you know the many worlds theory. Well, that's that, that, quantum it, mechanics or whatever. I don't know. It's that kind of slippery but, thing where it's real and not real because you know. At the end of the day, the only reality we do follow is the one where they didn't uh, end up getting together after the spinal accident or whatever, you know, and Picard was not killed in this well, reality. Well, sure, but if you want to know how we, we thought about parallels, go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. But what what I think is interesting about Eye of the Beholder is the episode doesn't even leave this question ambiguous. It never raises it, which I think is a really smart choice on the episode's part because it kind of, you know, makes you put a little more thought into yeah, it, yeah, yeah. which is... Okay, so Troy was at the nacelle doing her initial investigation, and everything after that was an empathic fantasy. Where did that come from? Did that come from her? Did she construct that? Like, where, where, where yeah. like, is this sort of wish fulfillment on her part? Like, what, where is this coming from? And so that's what I find interesting about yeah, it. Yeah, is, is it just that, or is it just that this empathic fantasy is, de- I mean, so obviously this, now, I guess my my other problem with this is I thought the um I frankly thought the science twist of the episode was a little too hoo hooey, you know, like it this this is it's not quite as bad as Sub Rosa, but it is still trying to science up some ghosts in a way that I didn't quite buy. Yeah, but yeah. again, that's another you know, the the two main linchpins of this episode, the Warf and Troy relationship and psychic ghosts. I got I, I got I was OK with it in this, this in this episode just because the yeah. episode didn't believe they were ghosts and it wasn't presenting them as ghosts. It was yeah. presenting them as a mystery to be solved. And I'm OK. It with was that. it was a little maybe it. I feel like the particular mystery stretched believability at believability a tiny bit too much. But yeah. again, I can figure that's also my I. I can also see someone liking it and thinking, you know, it it depends on whether you can accept it or not. I personally couldn't, but uh, okay, well that's fair. You know, yeah. Uh, 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 I think there's a certain degree to which in Star Trek you just kind of need to go. That's with it. Yeah. I mean, there's an episode we'll talk about next week that is very much like that. Woo! So you'll look forward to that. Hey, uh, and people that know Star Trek will know exactly what episode I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess I agree with you to a certain degree, yeah. but I think that, you know, you just kind of have to go with it or the episode doesn't work and it falls yeah. apart entirely. That right? was the thing. I liked watching Troy investigate more than I liked the answer she came up with, but well, and here's my, I, I like this episode because I think that it raises, I actually think this is one of those episodes that's more interesting to talk about than it is yeah. to watch because, you know, aside from the sort of question of, you know, where is this sort of empathic, you know, reality fantasy coming from? Number one, is that coming from Troy? Is she being influenced by the empathic memories yeah. of whatever is going on in that room? Because, of course, I think the implication is that this guy was jealous of these two people. So, so what and, happened? So he had this. So there's these three there so are the, these so three the ship, random people on the ship. There is well, no. So the ship was being constructed at you know Utopia Planitia, yeah, and they were working on it. and And I think the the way that this is unfolding is there were a couple of people, a man and a woman, uh, who were now is the man the in, the guy who kills himself at the beginning? That's the one thing I couldn't figure out. No, I don't think so. He was just 
It was it was a so, a, a coincidence that he was on that, in Utopia Planitia, and that was sort of like a road they were going down in the fantasy that really didn't okay. match up to anything. So the reality um, that happened, there's this guy. The, he was just a victim, basically. Like he just yeah, yeah because yeah. remember because and this is why I think this he episode was slightly, is nice nicely set up. It's actually a little more thought and cares put, see the, that, put that, through that. this episode, like because they 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 identify at the very beginning of the episode that he is slightly empathic, and so what happened is that he was just at the wrong it. place. Okay. At the Time. See that that was maybe part of the thing that I wasn't clear on. I thought that he had been the guy who was, but he was just no. Again, so it was okay. So you have these three people: two men and a woman, and the man, and it's a basic love triangle. You have the one guy who's sure. probably dating her. She's two timing with this other guy. He sees the two of them and murders them. They laugh in a fit of jealousy. He it, does he kill both of them or just the anyway. Um, he, yeah, no, he kills both of them, and then he kills realizing himself. what he does, he kills himself. Okay, so this this is a, me- a memory of so in the method of ghosts in a lot of stories, this is a event which is causing people to kind of relive what's going on. Yeah, and specifically this, but only the, if you're empathic. Yes, well, that you know, those are who are going to be able to you know get to it. So right, yeah, the question is is Troy feeling these feelings about Worf because, you know, they're her interpretation of jealousy and rage and desire and all of that? Or is it just, you know, it character, you know, it, it, this, you know, it, it, just the people she talked to last. And that, right. And, and that, you know, because she did go up with Worf, you know. And, and that's why I think the episode is interesting because yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. And I don't think that there's a way. I mean, I think you could make an argument for both of those, right? Like, I think there's an argument to be made that in a post parallels version of this show, where they had dinner and they had champagne and perhaps it got a little romantic and we don't really know because they haven't, they haven't developed that at yeah. all. Um, until this episode, and it turns out it's a fantasy. And of course, uh, you're sort of like, la- I mean, that's what I like about it too, is it leaves you a little off kilter because while you're watching this episode, you're like, wait a second, did I miss an episode or something? Like, this okay, seems yeah, to be yeah, really yeah, yeah. like into this. Like, where did this come from? Like, this yeah. seems like a pre a pre existing relationship that we've already seen. We've never seen this. I mean, I feel like to a degree, like I'm thinking about what happened. You know. Ten minutes after the end of Parallels, like the two of them are talking, and you know, Troy says, "All right, spill it. What happened?" Right. Said, you know, I know at some point Worf definitely says, "Say, well, look, you know, in several of these parallel universes, you know, you and I had a relationship, you know, and it was, you know, I know I decided, you know, we were better as friends as you did too, you know." I, whether the two of you know after that, I figured the two of them did genuinely, you know, and they may have. There is a degree to which they may have decided, you know, know something. You know, we are better as friends. Right. But, you know, isn't it funny to know that, you know, and that's about it. And this is, you know, her fantasy and this is just kind of a continuation of that but still a fantasy. Or are they actually dating or in the process? Like, it, that that's, I guess, part of why I wanted to rewatch the episode to notice the point when the yeah. fantasy starts as opposed to them dating. But – yeah, and I think, but that's kind of the interesting thing is that, of course, you know, what what is what is Troy's kind of impetus here? Like, is she actually interested in Worf, and that's how she's feeding into this? It could be some of that. Um, it could also just be that she's being influenced, of course, by yeah. the by the empathic uh, fantasy or the empathic, you know, whatever uh, that are floating around in the cell room. And so, I think there's some of that there, of course, because she's being she's having these like extreme yeah, feelings of I mean, jealousy probably, and she's, you know, uh, it's, it's both, frankly. I mean, it, it could, you know, she's predisposed to, you know, the fact that it is wharf is not just a coincidence. It probably is more than, 
you, you, you know, like I think it's significant that she isn't going to Riker, you know, in, in right. this, you know, or that it's not, you know, I think Worf is very much on her mind, even if they have decided to, you know, not pursue a relationship. Uh, yeah. So it could, you know, I, I think it's six of one in that, you know? Yeah, no, I think so. And I also, you know, and, and aside from all of the sort of Worf and Troy stuff, I think that the other thing that I really appreciate about the fantasy and about this episode in general is that um, it's kind of cool that when Troy, like, gets locked into some sort of empathic fantasy that she's, like, the star of her own show. Yeah. Like, she's just like... Oh, no, this made me... I was actually talking to a friend about, like, oh, it would be really cool to have, like, a sci-fi procedural, you know, and... Th- then I saw this episode. I'm like, this is exactly what that. Well, would if you want a be. sci-fi procedural, just watch Fringe. <laughs> I mean, it exists. Uh, but I mean, like in like outer space. Oh, okay. Well, sure. That's- but like, like uh, uh, the point is, I would watch a series about you know Detective Troy solving mysteries from week to week. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. That, that sort of like the show. It doesn't, and it doesn't feel like it's unearned. You know, this this yeah. could, all of it totally makes sense. I mean, certainly some of the stuff is a little strange, and you know, Troy is acting a little more. Well, it's funny because jealous, but on I'll, the whole, there's nothing to indicate that Troy would not actually be acting like no, this. no, no. At least in terms of like being the driving force of the episode. Yeah, it, she would be investigating a suicide, and probably in this way. Um, see, I think it's actually funny because I'm, you know, looking through my notes, and there's a lot of stuff that I wrote down, like, how could they put a fucking body in the wall? Like, that's stupid. Or, you know, oh, so Crusher gives her this drug, and then, you know, isn't monitoring her, as just letting be careful, but just letting her off on her own, and Worf's not even, the, like, that's stupid. How could it end... Of course, these things, in light of the fact that this is a hallucination, like, do make sense. Like, you know, basically, they're they're plot holes that are justified because you know, no, that's I, I. I th- well, it's her, it's her unconscious mind or whatever <laughs> trying to get at the truth. To a degree, the episode kind of wants us to question, like, wait, why isn't Crusher? following her that's weird yeah and yeah or how did they get a body in the wall yeah or, or you know that, is, that 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 doesn't make sense why is troy acting like this all of these questions yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i like that you know i think that I, I mean maybe the episode would work if you watch it again i mean maybe you should watch it again maybe we should go watch it again right now okay one hour later wow that was a great hour we spent talking about the fact that we're not going to watch this episode <laughs> um the other thing I think, you know, is interesting, I think, about the episode is the data conversation with Jordy about suicide. See, I didn't really. What is that? That didn't. I didn't dig that one. No, I, I didn't I either. That felt very weird. I mean, part of it, like the uh, the note I wrote is that, you know, oh, God, I've heard this kind of speech before a lot from data and I'm not interested in this one. Like, the, and I don't know why. <laughs> But I mean, like he, you know, usually Did you plug your ears and go la la la. Ah, la, la. he's not talking. He's not talking. It's over. Um, I don't know. It, it, I guess it didn't really make sense quite. Like he, I, I'm not sure what exactly he was talking about. I mean, I guess the implication is that when he was first activated, he felt overwhelmed and he wasn't really able to process that and it was uncomfortable and he was going to wipe his brain. Is that a way of saying like I was 16 and had too much math homework and thought about killing myself, but then I discovered masturbation? Like, is that I I feel like that's the kind of I think so. And I guess maybe and see that's okay. That that's that's exactly why is that interesting? 
It's just, yeah, because I'm like, well, uh, yeah, again, that that happened when I was 16. Whatever, it's not. Well, there's a certain degree to which, you know, they use data a lot of the time to comment on the theme of the episode or sort of what has happened in the episode. Uh, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, you, you hit and you miss. And I think this one was a miss. I mean, there are certain things like um, the, the the episode where he's talking to Worf just out of the blue about how he was like, I'm going to decide that, yeah. I'm, that I'm more than my programming. You know, what was that? I think that was Rightful Air back from the sixth yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, that kind of thing works really you well. You know, oh, here, here's the thing. That, that furthered the theme of the episode that gave clarity to what Worf was thinking about. Usually when... You know, one of the other things I'm thinking about is way back at uh, Tasha Yar's funeral, you know, when Data says, like, you know, that's the funny thing, like, I, I – he, he was talking about the memorial service, you know, we're all talking – I'm thinking about myself, you know, and all of that, and he, you know, when in his – you know – he's able to talk about these emotions in a way that's very cogent and very, yeah. you know, in this, I guess part of it is the fact that it's very obvious that this is not a suicide per se from the yeah, very some, beginning. So, I mean, it's, well, I don't know that I would necessarily agree with that. Well, I let mean, me, I, I mean, I didn't think that I, I, I thought it was clear from the first scene, like this is not a case where, Oh, he's sad. So he's going to kill them himself. And very quickly in the investigation, they realized, like, no, this was a guy who he had a girlfriend, he had a great job, he was happy with his life. Like, yeah. there's something else here. Like, it's, and frankly, given the way of the framing of it, given how he's talking, it's obvious that he's killing himself for some other reason rather than just the, you know, so it's not, it's not suicide per se, not in the way that Data's talking about. Data's but, but framing guess, of it is not going to give any insight to the situation. Well, I think that's yeah, that's true. Everyone knows that you know er, yeah. But I think at the time that Tata is talking about it, of course, no one really thinks that it's not a suicide, except for perhaps Troy. Yeah, but the writers know that, and so they're waste. I, so this is a speech that doesn't really go anywhere. It 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 feels like a waste of time speech that doesn't really. It's not even a good red herring. Well, like I said, sometimes they hit and sometimes they yeah. miss. You know, I mean, they throw these things in with data and sometimes they work really well and sometimes they're just kind of like, okay. Yeah, but we're honor bound to tell our listeners we thought it was a miss. No, I no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't know. I mean, and the other thing about the episode, of course, is that I just don't like Lieutenant Kwan. Like, I think he's kind of a, I don't know. He just seems like kind of a, a, a like a penis. You I don't think know. he's ugly, don't you? No, it's not that I think he's ugly. Yeah, I just, it does. You're just like, what like the fuck he's got is this, with that nose? He's got this girlfriend and like, you know, I can certainly see like how people could think that she killed him or something because she just seems very like un not she just seems very not upset about it. Like, I don't know. The whole thing just like, I don't know if it was the actress. It was just, I, was say, just and like, the, oh, the, I loved him so much and now he's dead. And there's something with his like do? superior officer and like, they're like, she had, he had an argument with her. Yeah. And, what was that? And about? she seems fine too. You she, know, yeah, they, they, I mean, they, I do think it's kind of weird that they're shunting off all the ugly aliens to the nacelle room though. Well, you know, something, maybe it's like a side effect. Maybe they were beautiful and then like got like warp rays blasted in the face. Oh shit. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Don't I they, know. Don't they have like space OSHA? Spocia. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's that's the, the thing. Like his, as a character, he's very uninteresting. It's the circumstances around his death that but they are. They spend the, too much time on him, and that's though. and that's also my problem. It's like the meat of the episode is Troy, what she's doing, Worf, what's going on with them. Frankly, in a way, having both the supervisor and the girlfriend are kind of redundant scenes because 
you know, both of their well, both they're both they're both there to serve the purpose of basically saying no, he didn't kill himself. Yeah. He was happy. He was content. He had a good life. Again, like, yeah, you can get them. We bo- don't need both of them there to say that exactly. So yeah, why? So yeah, and again, I thought that he was the guy, the third guy in that uh, in the real you know crime yeah, or something yeah, like you know yeah. like there there were moments like that where you know. And also, like, does no nobody knew that this incident happened? Like, or yeah, that, that seems a little strange. Or was that during the I don't, the during the hallucination? I don't know. Well, did they really just think that three people disappeared? It, it would certainly be on every. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, let, let let me be honest about this. If 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 the Enterprise were constructed and three people disappeared during their during its construction, every fucking person on the lower decks would know that story inside and out. Like right. it would be it would be the ghost story you tell the new recruits. Like yeah. this would be this would be a huge source of gossip because this is a very juicy story, you know? Frankly, there would be stories of, ooh, and I still hear them through the nacelles at night, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been nice if they had set this up in a lower decks. Yeah, oh my God, Like, yeah. just kind of like a little ghost story moment at the poker table or something. <laughs> that would have been cool. I was in the nacelle today, and I thought I heard, you know, Amanda, ooh. I mean, I don't know if this is going to be interesting to ask you, but, you know, since you are new to Star Trek, well, not really anymore, but, you know, new- newish to Star Trek track um yeah i've only seen the entirety of three of the series you know <laughs> uh plus I, like six movies <laughs> any any thoughts on seeing the inside of a nacelle i saw the inside of a nacelle okay <laughs> well uh, i don't know like i'm just looking at glowy science stuff like it's all the same to me i don't know there's a lot of people that are like really impressed by seeing the inside of a nacelle and i'm just kind of like which was the inside of the nacelle the thing where they were jumping into like the long, like the forced perspective so, painting okay, thing. Okay, so why, well, yeah, why, why is that exciting? It's just because everyone's like, like, oh, we can see what's inside of an nacelle. And it's like, well, it looks pretty much what I expected. Yeah, I was going to say, I've really never thought about what an nacelle looks like. I never really did. Either. But I figured it was a giant tube with like glowy shit all around. Well, you know, there are people that are really interested in like the gigawatt output of the warp core and stuff. And God you bless know, them. I love yeah. those people. But, you know, I'm not one of them. So. All right, well that's fair. Um, yeah, I'll give Eye of the Beholder six murders. Yeah, I think six is good. I, I liked talking about this one a lot, and I like I like the episode a little better now for having spoken about it. Okay, so I'm it glad. gets seven, whatever we rated it. Murders. That's a lot of murders. It is a lot of murders. If there had been seven murders on the Enterprise, it would have never fucking flown. Doesn't fly. It goes through space. You don't fly through space. Well, you don't fly through space. If you have any thoughts about this episode, please do. Please share them on the post at trackaboutshow.com. Please follow us on Twitter for all of our fascinating updates at twitter.com slash trackaboutshow. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trackaboutshow. And leave us a positive iTunes review. Next week, we are talking about Genesis and Journey's End. 